especially the book of Ephesians. We've been in Ephesians a long time. The book of Ephesians is a powerful book. Every book of the Bible is a powerful book, but the book of Ephesians is a great book. Did anyone not get a handout tonight? Does anyone need a handout to follow along with the notes? Has anybody got one? All right, I think we're good. Ephesians chapter number 4 will be there, and we're going to look at several verses tonight. We're going to move forward with things and see some things tonight in the scriptures that should be a help to us and some powerful truths that are here. How we need the Word of God. so important. Honestly, the more I study, and I'm thankful for the whole Bible that we get and praise God for it. But really thinking about it, I think in the Christian life, if we just had the book of Ephesians, I think we could be just fine. I'm thankful for everything else we get. The book of Ephesians, there's just so much packed into so many short chapters and so much good stuff. And so tonight we're going to get started looking down at verse number 17 of chapter number 4. We'll dive right in. The Bible says, chapter 4, verse 17, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, they henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, having the, uh, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, being past feeling, have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness, but ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him, have been taught by him, as the truth is in, as the truth is in Jesus, verse 22, the Bible says that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God has created, in righteousness and true holiness. Father, I pray the next few minutes we have here tonight, that you'd be pleased and glorified, that you just help us as we look at this passage and help us get what you have for us. We love you and we need you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Right away, when Paul says, this I say, therefore, I think we've talked about it in the past. When that phrase, when you see the words, therefore, anytime you see therefore in the Bible, you should stop and see what is therefore. So this word calls back our mind the previous things that have been talked about now you could say with me this is going back to chapter number one and all that we have in our identity in the lord and i would say i agree with you say it comes with chapter two and by grace you're saved through faith and it goes through all these different things you say maybe that's what paul and i would agree with you you look at chapter number three and i would agree with you some would say it's just chapter number 4. Well, if you're just looking at the first 16 verses of chapter number 4, I would agree with you there as well. We see here, what I want you to understand something is, Paul sets our minds back to what he's been teaching us so far. Because of who we are in Christ. Because of, and we've talked about, and I want you to think with me for a couple of minutes tonight. Pretend you're in a classroom and I'm asking you for some help tonight. What are some, what did, we talked about in chapter number one, God did several things. Can anybody remember some of the things that the Lord's done for us according to the book of Ephesians? Chapter one, he has chosen us for the foundation of the world. Something else, anybody? Accepted us, we're accepted in the beloved, it says there in verse number six of chapter one. Else, he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Seated us in heavenly places, chapter number two, yep. What else, what what else has the Lord done for us? Isn't a trick question, anybody? Yes. Yeah, we have redemption through his blood, so he redeemed us. Good one. What else? 
He's rich in mercy. He's very merciful to us. To go further, you could say he's very gracious too. Grace and mercy right there, hand in hand. What else? Adopted us. Chapter number one talks about the adoption of sons. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Some other things. Anybody else? Yeah, we obtained an inheritance. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. But God loved us. Broke down the separation between Jews and Gentiles. And it's the separation is broken through Christ. We go on and on. Chapter number four, if we just even look there, we see our calling to where our salvation through grace see the unity of the body in verse 3 through 6 see in verse 7 through 10 of the unique gifting by the holy spirit to serve the lord and the local church that he's placed us in and then our being built up upon the ministries of gifted individuals in the church verses 11 through 16 because of all these things because of what god has done for us paul says right here verse 17 this i say therefore then he goes in and testifying the lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. We dive in tonight. Paul challenges the believers here to walk differently than the world. That's what it says right here. Now, we don't walk differently than the world because we are better than the world. We are not. We all were dead at one point. Why do we walk differently? Because of everything the Lord has done for us. Because of what he's given to us. Therefore, I say and testify, don't walk like the world walks. And well, why don't we walk like the world walks? Because the world doesn't have what you have. And as I said again, it's not us. It's what God did in us. They don't have. And that's what we're going to get into tonight. Number one, we see as we talk about a new walk for a new life. Number one, we as Christians are supposed to be different. We are to be different. That's a Bible thing i hear a lot of people and you got to understand there's a fine balance with everything but so many times we try to blend the world in with the things of god and they are two separate ideas the bible says to love not the world neither the things that are in the world we're not talking about people we love people we want people to come to christ but you cannot love this world and you cannot love god what and that's talking about this world setup the love of the world the lust of the flesh the pride of life, those things mentioned in 1 John chapter number 2. But we got to be different. Say, so, well, why, why am I supposed to be different? Think about this. We who are saved, we most of us sitting in this room, hopefully all of us, when we got saved, according to 2 Corinthians 5 verse number 17, it says, therefore, if any be in Christ, which if you're saved, you're in Christ, right? That means you are a new creature, you are not the same person you used to be. And so when Paul says here, we're supposed to be different, he's saying we're different because you're not the same as you used to be. You're a new creature. Old things are passed away and behold, all things become new. As a result of the new birth that we've been given, we are not what we used to be and we can no longer live the way we lived before we got saved. We've been changed. We are different from this world. Say, how? Well, that's what Paul talks about. Letter A. Paul notes here three specific problems that plague the lost. That as believers, we don't have these problems anymore. Number one, we see there's a problem with their heads. Now, don't get me wrong. Christians have a lot of problems in their heads. I have a lot of problems in my head. 
my head every day. If I told you some of the things that run through this head, I've got problems in my head, okay? And I, I'm willing to admit that to you tonight. I'm not talking about all those types of it. I'm talking about this first thing, letter A. It says there's a problem. And look what it says in verse number 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk. Now look at this first thing. It says, in the vanity of their minds. Paul says the lost walk in the vanity of their minds. The word vanity means emptiness, that which is wasted on nothing. The lost live their lives because, and think about this, they live empty lives. Why? Because they're not living for anything. Say, well, they're living for something. Yes, for themselves. As that verse says right there, they walk in the vanity of their mind. Lost minds invent ways to serve the flesh or to fulfill selfish desires that we might have. The lost mind worships false gods, false religions, false philosophies. They're designed to showcase man's brilliance. Yet the Bible tells us in Proverbs 16, verse 25, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, the end thereof are the ways of death. In Romans chapter 1, verse number 28, the Bible tells us, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a, we see this phrase, this reprobate mind. Do those things which are not convenient. We see that phrase there, a reprobate, reprobate mind. It refers to a depraved mind. This word, was, um, this word here was used to describe metals that were tested by refiners and as they were tested they were rejected because they were too impure it has the idea of useless and worthless and a mind without the lord is worthless it's empty there's nothing to it and paul says you're supposed to be different because you don't you shouldn't walk like this world walks why because first of all they walk in the vanity of their minds your mind's not empty being saved the lord lives inside of us it's a different and uh let's make sure We've only got, what time is it now? It's 6.56. Sometimes I feel like there's a lot of distractions in the room and things. This is not the time for distractions. I work very hard to bring the Word of God to you. I need you to work very hard with me. Focus on the Word of God. That's why we're here. We could be focused on, and I get it sometimes, things just go, but we've got to be focused. Because really, what's the point if we're not focused on God's Word? not about focusing on me because I know who I am and that's not a big deal. But there's a powerful truth tonight that if you don't focus on it, you're going to totally miss it. And if you are here and you're just distracted and you're like, then why would we even be here, you know? You just stay home and watch TV and just be in your comatose state. When we're at church, let's like, act like we like to be in church. Let's focus on the things of God for a little bit of time. And I say that in love. I don't say that in hate or anything else like that. And if you take it wrong, I'm sorry you didn't take it right. Because we're saved, we're to be different. We see, first of all, we saw their letter A, there's a problem with their heads. Or B, there's a problem with their heart. This world, there's a problem with the heart. Looking at verse number, look at verse number 18, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God. Look at that right there. Paul says their understanding is darkened. They're alienated from the life of God. And look at the rest of that verse there. It says, through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. The word blindness refers to stubbornness. It speaks of a heart confronted with truth, refuses to accept that truth. That's what it's talking about right here. 
And the Bible says here, when he mentions the word those, where it says, who hold the truth in unrighteousness. The word hold is in, in, that, in, uh, in that verse means to oppress. It speaks of hearing the truth, knowing the truth, but refusing to acknowledge the truth. That's the problem this world has. Because of the stubbornness of their hearts, they are separated from the life that could be theirs in Jesus Christ. And they remain trapped in their darkness and sin. And the Bible talks about in chapter number 2, they're dead in their trespasses and sins. The human race is not merely sick when Adam sinned. The human race is dead and in a depraved state because of what happened that day. And so the Bible says here, and you look, and a lot of you are not English majors, neither am I. So if there's an English major who disagrees with me, then maybe you know more than I do on this one. It says there in verse number 18, it says, having their understanding darkened, that phrase is a, is a perfect participle, which means that the lost live in a continual state of spiritual darkness and ignorance towards the things of God, and they stay there. Christian, because we're saved, we are to be different. Because we're saved, the very life of God defines us and empowers us. We are not dead to the truth. We know the truth. But how many times are there Christians have a problem with their heart you know we look at this lost sin sick world they have a problem with their heart but they're dead to christ so why do we as christians have an issue with the heart when you're alive to the things of god because we let the old man work we're gonna talk about that old man in a few minutes here we're stubborn when it comes to the things of god but we're to be different we see that here we see there's a problem with their hearts let her see we see there's a problem with their hands verse number 19 who being past feelings have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. Because they're dead, they have no feeling. That phrase, be past feeling, that phrase means have lost their sense of pain. It is used in the sense of not being bothered by conscience with what they do. They're like the leper who suffered horrible disfigurement and loss of fingers or toes or extremities because they couldn't feel the pain. Think of, we don't deal with leprosy today, but you think of diabetes with some people. They have no feeling in their legs. They get a little sore. Before they know it, it's super bad, and they didn't realize it was so bad because they don't have feeling there. And the lost sinner commit, and they just don't get it. It gets to the point to where they don't feel it, their wickedness. Why do you think you could have so many people think that abortion is okay they have no spiritual feeling that's why why do we why do people do the things that they do there's no spiritual feeling there and the bible says here that the sinner he works all uncleanness the word work means to work hard to take pains to do your best the word uncleanness talks of impurity and rottenness the idea here is that the lost person works hard at sinning he gives himself actively to pursue the rottenness of his life. The lost all around us are working to death in pursuit of their pleasure, never realizing that their wickedness and what's going on in their lives and their corruption is doing nothing to help them get any closer. They're past feeling, so they don't care about it. They do it with all greediness, the Bible says. I skipped a word up in their lasciviousness, it says, just up a little bit further in that verse. They yield their lives to lasciviousness. That's uh, sensuality. They do what they please, when they please, how they please. And that's what we got to understand, church. That's how the lost live. You are not lost. They're living that way. So what are we supposed to do? Number one, we need to be different. Because of all that the Lord's done for us, we need to be different. Why should we be different than this world? Well, because this world 
They're lost. They're dead. They have no feelings. We need to be different. But number two, we need to be discerning. Be discerning. Verse 20 and verse 21, it says, uh, it says, But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus. And this is what we've got to understand, church. While we are to avoid at all costs being like this world, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to strive to be like Jesus. Literally what we're supposed to do. Paul tells us what we shouldn't be because of the things of this world. And because, but he says, next thing we see here is, Paul teaches us what we need. Letter A, under being discerning, letter A, Christ is our example. The, lo- the lost are motivated by their lusts. We are to be motivated by the Lord. Paul holds Jesus Christ up against the backdrop of the sinful and wickedness of this lost world. And the contrast could not be any further apart. The phrase, learn Christ, this is what it refers to. It refers to being saved. When he saved us, he changed us. He made us like himself. He delivered us from being like the world. Fulfilling the lust of the flesh is no longer our creed and standard of living. Jesus is our creed. Jesus is our example. Jesus is our standard of living. We're not to allow the flesh that's here that we struggle with every day and those wicked desires to control us any longer. We're to take Jesus as our example, and we're to walk in holiness and in the newness of life that he's given to us. When a person claims to know Jesus as their Savior and still lives like the world, they're doing one of two things. They're deceiving themselves or they're a liar. That's what the Bible says, James 4.4. 4. It says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity with God, Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. 1 John chapter 2, verse 3 through 6. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. For he that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. Verse number 5. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith, he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. If you say you're a Christian, if you say you walk with God, and you don't live it, you're deceiving yourself. Or, you're not even saying you're just a liar. Or, you should, or how it should be is this. If you abide with him, your walk should back up that abiding. The Bible says you see right here before your eyes the born-again believer should strive to be like jesus discerning things the way he did seeing how he was led by the spirit of god results you think about this this result in a life that is pleasing to the father and one that follows jesus is what the bible is talking about in philippians 2 verse number 5 let this mind be in you which was also in christ jesus that's god's desire for us God's desires that we just be like Jesus. And man, we get all these different things and we want to be like this person or that person or follow this crowd and this thing. No, Christian, just strive to be like Jesus. Why do you think you got the four Gospels given to you? So you see Jesus in four different lights, four different ways to look at him. Just live like him. Young person in the room tonight, quit trying to just act like your friends. Quit trying to act like that worldly star that you love. Just act like Jesus. That's what we need today. He should be our example. That's what we need. Christ not only, letter A, is our example, but letter B, he is our educator. 
The redeemed are no longer ignorant. They're no longer trapped in the death and delusion of their sins. The redeemed have heard his voice. We see it right there. If so, ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. You see something? We've been placed on a different path. We've been taught. We know what is right. And we ought to live and do what's right. When Christ came to us, he brought with him knowledge and truth. He taught us, Jesus did, about God. He taught us about himself. He taught us about the Spirit of God. He taught us about heaven. He taught us about hell. He taught us about sin. He taught us about salvation. He taught us about death. He taught us about grace. He taught us about faith. He taught us about righteousness. He taught us about eternity. He taught us about judgment. He taught us the purpose of life. He taught us the meaning of life. He taught us creation, history, and everything that matters. And we are no longer in the dark. And that's what the Bible says, John 16, verse number 13, we see it says there, How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. And what I understand is this, Jesus has taught us truth. The Holy Spirit guides us to that truth. And his truth, in John chapter 8, verse number 32, is what made us free. And ye shall know the truth, and that truth shall set you free or make you free. Consider this, 1 John 5, 20. And ye know the Son of God has come, and hath given us an understanding, that we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God, eternal life. So we're to be different from this lost world around us. If we're going to do that, we are to be discerning and learning all that we can from Jesus. Which leads us to number three. We need to be decisive. Be decisive. Verse 22 through verse 24. That ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Since we've been changed by the power of God, and since we've been taught the truth by God and his word and through Christ, we need to make some active changes in our lives. There are three actions mentioned by Paul in these three verses. Put off, be renewed, put on. Put off, be renewed, put on. These are not only commands here. These are statements of fact. You got to put off, you need to be renewed, and you got to put on. There are many Christians out there, oh, once I'm saved, I don't have to worry about anything. I don't know what you've been smoking. That's not what the Bible says. Probably those who say that, they've been smoking some things they shouldn't be, or think it's okay to do that. The Bible's clear here. As long as we live, we are going to struggle with the old man. We're going to. And Paul makes it very clear right here. He says, hey, I say this because of everything the Lord's done for you. Quit walking like this world does. They're lost in their mind. They're lost in their hearts. They have no feeling of things. Hey, and if you're doing those things, you're not following Christ. That's not the Christ I preach about. That's basically what Paul's saying right here. If that's how you live, then we're serving a different Christ. If you heard Christ, if you've seen what he taught you, and you've seen all these things, then your life needs to back it up. And then he says some final closing thoughts for us tonight. We see letter A, there's something to renounce. The phrase put off means to strip away 
It's the image of taking off clothes. I'm not going to do that for you tonight. The old man is dirty, corrupt. He, and you think about this. When we got saved, that old man was stripped off. A new man was put on. Picture having a coat on and taking it off. Grabbing a coat and putting it on. That's literally what it's talking about right here. The Romans were known in their day to take a murderer and stake him down to the ground. They would then place the body of his victim on top of him face to face, hand to hand, and foot to foot. That would be one way to get people to quit murdering. Instead of letting them live on death, death row for a long time. Let's do something like this. So they would place the body of the victim on top of him, face to face, hand to hand, foot to foot. As the corpse rotted, the corruption would eat into the murderer and destroy his life. That's the way the flesh operates with us. It's depraved. It eats into our lives, and if not kept under control, it still wants to destroy and will try to destroy our lives. The old man lives in us, and he remains in us. Got your Bibles right here, chapter number 4. Go over to chapter number 5. In verse number 16, it says, chapter 5, or go back, sorry, Galatians chapter 5, not Ephesians, Galatians 5, verse number 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye are led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. And many times, the book of Galatians, it's written to believers, right? I've had Christians try to tell me that they cannot but walk in the Spirit because I'm saved. That's all I do is walk in the Spirit. Then why did Paul say under inspiration of God to walk in the Spirit and won't fulfill the lust of the flesh? Because we as Christians still walk in the flesh. That's Bible. And if you want to say something else, you can be wrong. That's what the Bible says. We have to renounce something. The old man, he's deceitful. We think about it's filled with lust and he's corrupt. We must decisively make a decision in each and every day. Because the Bible says in Romans chapter number 6, to reckon the old man dead to sin. Ourselves alive to God through the union we have with Christ Jesus. Romans 6, 11. Likewise reckon ye therefore yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. Alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. There's something to renounce. We've got to put off. And let her be. There's something to renew. The lost sinner... What did the Bible say about him just a few verses up from here? It said the fact that he is, his mind has been given over to vanity. The sinner's mind gives, its, gives in to itself over and over again to empty things that mean nothing. When the Lord saved us, he made us alive in Christ. Part of that new life involves renewing our minds. Think about this with me. Our dead minds that were given over to vanity were made alive. And because of that, we can think differently today. And praise God that we can think differently today. But you've got to understand something. How do we renew our minds? Two ways. Someone tell, came up to you and said, how do I, well, think of Romans 12 too. It says, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You may prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. We talk about renewing of your mind. There's other verses in the Bible too. And we often say we, we need to be renewed in our mind. How do we renew our minds? Bible, spending time in it each and every day. Walking in the Spirit, renew your mind. Through the Word of God, through the Spirit of God. That's how you renew your mind. And we, you see, and I love that verse, be not conformed to this world. Being conformed is like conforming to the rules, like a cookie cutter being put in. People don't use those a lot anymore. Being stuck in some dough, and that dough conforms to that shape you're trying to make out of it. Paul says, hey, don't conform yourself to this world. You've got to be transformed. How are we transformed? Through the Word of God 
and through the Holy Spirit. Very important for us. We need to be renewed. The fact that God literally changed our minds when he saves us gives us the ability to live lives differently from the world around us. The Christian life begins, are you ready for this? In the mind. When the thinking is changed, the life is changed. When our minds are set on things above and not on things of this world, our lives will follow the direction of our minds. That's what it says, and be transformed by the renewing of what? Of your mind. If we can ever, you think about this, if we can ever get our minds right, our lives will be right. It's our thinking that sets us on a right path, and it's our thinking that sets us on the wrong path. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Jay, a few weeks ago when he did that Sunday, the last Sunday of January, I remember that, um, and I say I remember, and then now, that thought totally left my mind, so I don't remember what I was going to say about it. But you said how um, you basically started feeling like a failure. And you, that thought kept coming where you finally believed it. The mind is very, very powerful. And, as he th- and that verse is very true. As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. And when our minds are off, thinking's off. You know, I hear often, I've been around people and people, Pastor, I need help. I'm, I'm an alcoholic. No, you're a safe child of God. Your thinking's off. If you're an alcoholic, you have a problem with alcohol. And I'm not saying this fixes all your problems. Okay, don't get me wrong. Don't try to, but when you're a child of God, you don't drink. Our thinking's got to get straight. Our thinking's very powerful. It's very important. We've got to be decisive. We've got to take control of our minds. Listen to what the Bible has to say. First, or 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our flesh, or the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Look at verse number five. Casting down imaginations. This is, we're talking about the mind, aren't we? And every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. And bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Philippians 4.8. Finally, brethren, what sort of things are true? What sort of things are honest? What sort of things are just? What sort of things are pure? What sort of things are lovely? What sort of things are of good report? there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. You see, Paul says here, as we're looking here at the book of Ephesians, he's saying, I'd be decisive. You've got to put off that old man. You've got to be renewed. That renewing comes through the Word of God and through the Spirit of God. And if we get our minds right, our living will be right. Number letter C. Is there a letter C? Yes. There is something to reveal. Just, there is something to reveal. This is where to strip off the old man. Do you not have letter C on there? Oh, there's two B. Oh, it, it says B again. So there's two Bs. Do you see the two Bs on there? I just love the letter B because Brian comes from B. So, so let's see. So, in, so on the back, so on the very back, that says B, but that last one is C. You can cross that out and put that there. And uh, it is, there is something to reveal. Got figured out back there, Margie, or are you lost? Okay, look, I'll help you real quick. I got a couple extra ones. Open up on the inside. Margie, open up on the inside. There's an A and a B underneath number three. So then now on the back is, yeah. So now we got it. So, and that's better. So got to have you, got to have you thinking straight before we get to the end of the message here. There's this, and letter C, there is something to reveal. Just as we are to strip off the old man, we're to put on the new man. That's been created in righteousness and true holiness. This new holy man was born when we got saved. When he was created, we were given the ability to live lives that please God. A new creature loves the Lord and loves the things of God. The old creature doesn't love God and doesn't love the things of God. This new creature desires to serve God. He has, he's been empowered to walk in the will of the Lord for the glory of God. 
And our responsibility, get this, is to let that man out. Paul says, look at what it says there, the new man which after God is created. This phrase literally means that the new man was made in the likeness of God. You say, well, weren't we all made in the likeness of God? Well, Adam was made in God's likeness, right? Then Adam sinned. All of us have been marred by that sin. So if we're going to be technical, we're really in the likeness of Adam. We come to this world, right? Yeah, that's true. The new man, when we get saved, is made in the likeness of God. The new man we have is what God, what Adam was like before he sinned. That's wonderful. Before Adam sinned, he didn't have that old man to wrestle with either. Right now, we've got the new man. We also got the old man, and he's there, and he's present. And he, made his self, he made himself known to me several times today, the old man did. And for some reason, being a saved believer, it is still easier to let the old man run the show and to try and take that wild old man and stick him in a cage and let the new man do his job. And that's where we run into a lot of the trouble that we get into. We think about the, you think about this, and as we look at this, we are partakers of the divine nature, the scripture says in 2 Peter 1, 4, and it's Christ who literally lives in us. Isn't that what Galatians 2.20? I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. The life which I now live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And guess what? We're not perfect now, but someday we'll put off this old man. Praise God for that day we get to get rid of this old man. I don't like my old man. My old man gets me in a lot of trouble. We look at all this tonight, and what do we think? What do we say? Because of what the Lord's done for you and me, because of all that, quit walking like the world does. You don't have to let the old man run the show. The world, the old man, runs the world's crowd. Because guess what? That's all they've got. But if you're saved and you've learned from Christ and heard some things from him, then you need to do what you're supposed to as a Christian. And you need to put off the old man. You've got to get in the word of God and you've got to walk in the spirit and be renewed in your mind and put on that new man and walk in this world with the new man. That's what Paul's talking about right here. Far too many Christians, including myself a lot, and I think you would admit probably yourself too, we walk in the old man too much. You know, if we get mad at somebody and we like that old man. We like to stew on it. We like to just think about that for a while. We like to please self. Paul says, Christian, because all you know about the Lord, because of all I've taught you, all this book's all about, don't walk that way. In this world, their minds are lost. Their heart is empty. They have no feeling. It is not so with us. If we're saved, then we're alive. We're a new creature. Quit letting the old man run the show. Walk the new man. Put off. It's a conscious decision. It's a decision that's made all the time. You don't just one day wake up and say, I put off the old man and he's never coming back. That would so be nice if that was the case, wouldn't it? That would be awesome if it was that way. I would love to just, Brian, you're done. That would be so awesome if it worked that way. But it should be a daily thing. What Paul say? I die daily. <laughs> He's talking about crucifying that old man and letting the new man live. Church, we've been given so much from God. He's been so good to each and every one of us. People in the room, God has been so good to you. You're in church. Most of you are in a Christian school. God's been very good to you in your life. He's given you everything. Don't walk like this world does. Put off the old man. How do you keep the old man away? Are you ready? You need the word of God and you need the spirit of God. I'll be honest with you. A lot of times when my mind wanders in certain areas, a lot of the time it would help me. And I'm not talking about in all cases. When I look and it's like Brian made a stupid decision right here. 
or Brian was very selfish, or Brian lied, Brian did something. A lot of times, you can trace it back to just moving the new, moving the new man out of the way, and letting the old Brian in. We get our feelings really hurt by somebody. Well, the new man would forgive, and we're going to talk, you know, we've already talked about it on Sundays, but it's coming back again on Wednesdays in a few verses from here. This is all tied together. All tied together. New man should forgive, but I've been wrong, and I don't want to. Let's move that new guy out of the way. I'm going to stew on this for a little bit. Walking in the flesh and putting on the old man. Paul says, with all the Lord has done and all that he's taught you, and he taught us how to live. Man, you study the scriptures. Jesus taught us how to live a victorious Christian life. Through it all, we got to put off that old man and spend time with God. Walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And then put on the new man. It's a choice. It really is. So many times, and i got so many people, I could give you list after list, and I know some of you are thinking, Pastor, you should have been done five minutes ago. If you were preaching, you could have been done five minutes ago, but I'm not done yet. So often, just a few days ago talking to someone, they're so mad at God right now. So mad at Him. God could have done this if He wanted to. Truth? If we wouldn't have done what we did, nothing would have happened. We blame God for the choices that we make. God didn't make the choice. We did. Putting off the old man, putting on the new man is a choice. But the only way it's going to work, you are not strong enough and I'm not strong enough to do it on my own. You need the word of God and you need the spirit of God. Without those two, you cannot put on the new man by yourself. Because this old man, he's stubborn. Maybe you admit tonight the old man inside you is very stubborn. Yeah, it is. With the Lord's help, we can walk in the new man. Put it on. And Paul said 